All right, you guys, I'm so excited. Here I have Mina Kunlositep. Did I say that right? Yes, perfect. Yay! And her partner is Jacqueline Snyder. She's not here with us today. They are the combined force behind the Product Boss Podcast. They have grown a community of high-achieving, product-based small business owners and have helped them scale their physical product company through masterminds, group coaching, digital courses designed specifically for product-based business owners, ranging from startup conception to multi-million dollar companies. Together, the goal is to change the landscape of product entrepreneurship by connecting women around the world through a blend of real life business tactics, creative strategy, and modern leadership. Um, As a product-based small business owner, I'm excited for this uh, conversation and topic. I am too. Thanks so much for the invite. Yeah. So can I ask like, what kind of got you two ladies doing this? Like it, was it you guys having a product-based company yourself? Yes. I actually have my own product-based business. It's called Lil Labels. I sell primarily on Amazon, Walmart, Big Box. So very much kind of the new world of selling. Uh, Jacqueline, who reached out to me several years ago, heard my name on a podcast. She's very extroverted. So if you ever meet us in person, you'll kind of see this dynamic of we're actually opposites on the Myers-Briggs. I am INTJ. She's complete opposite of that. And so she reached out to me because she had a product-based business called Cuffs Couture. And she had dressed celebrities. She's a design, uh, fashion designer by trade. And she wanted to liquidate because she was, you know, um, moving across the country, all these different things. So she asked me about Amazon. And then we started talking. I, by the way, told her that Amazon is not the place to liquidate. It's the place to grow a business. And we just started talking. We thought, well, this is actually really nice because we've never met other product-based business owners that spoke the same language and we called it our love language. So we saw this really big gap of, you know, these, you know, talking inventory, talking shipping, things that service-based people just do not have to worry about. They get to live in this dream world of never having to worry about USPS, I feel like, the way (laughs) product business people do. And so we just started talking and then um, we ended up going to, um, She's she was a speaker for um, LA Textiles show. And so she put together a panel. She invited me to go meet her for the first time in person. So lots of, you know, fast friendship there. And then we ended up offering a, a quick little mastermind at the end of it, sold nine spots on, the, on that day. And we're like, hey, we're on to something. People with product-based businesses really feel this void of feeling alone in this. And they actually don't have a lot of direction and guidance when it comes to building their businesses. So that's kind of where we started was just a shared love language. And then seeing that other people were out there that had this similar um, problem that we had. I think that one of the biggest lessons of my, for myself is we all look, we all need guidance. We all need help from other people And when there's some sort of something going wrong, right? We have this social of influence circle. Mm -hmm. And um, when when you're talking about it from a personal perspective, right? You have something wrong and you might have three people in that circle and maybe only two people actually should be in that circle. You know, you're asking like Uh the wrong people advice. But what's so interesting about this, when you are a product-based business, it is so important to have a social of influence and you're asking the right people for advice. And that's basically what you're offering. You're offering a community of people um, cause I can't call my friends that are teachers or stay at home moms and be like, 
you're not going to believe what's happening. Like, and they're going to be like, okay, cool. <laughs> they're not uh -huh. going to be, be able to help understand, strategize, strategize how to get to a solution. And I also think that by having that right support system, it just is also, um, inspiration, thinking outside of the box, other ideas you wouldn't have to think, think about. Um, so what are the main ways that you guys help people? So are you working with one-on-one -on -one companies? Are you, or mm -hmm. it sounds like you're doing masterminds, you're doing groups, mm -hmm. like what all well, are you doing? The main thing we offer is courses. So a lot of times people, we, we kind of coach out of buckets, systems, visibility, and sales. So oftentimes um, people who are just starting will go into our courses that are based around visibility content creation because they all think um, if I could get more eyes on my business, then I could sell. Right. And then as we move them over to pro, uh, to brand development, business development, that's we have a signature course that's a bigger one that's called Multi Stream Machine that talks about the systems that you need as well as the visibility and sales that you need. Then you go up further and then we offer masterminds. And you do have to, there for people who want to work with us, but in a soundboard setting of a lot of eyes on your business. And those are, um, we really focus on the peer aspect of having your peers there, but a hybrid of having Jacqueline and myself there to kind of coach along the way as well, making sure that, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we, we all know, we know our businesses best, but having that guidance and that support and that sounding board with people who understand it and who can kind of workshop through, um, an idea or a problem is crucial. It's, it's, you know, a lot of times we become our own bottlenecks because we're too close to it. When you have other people, you can have that sounding board, but you can also have that community of uh, you just don't feel alone and you don't feel like, um, you know, that you, you shouldn't be feeling those feelings of the entrepreneurial roller coaster, especially a product-based business, which can be difficult for continuing because even, you know, you brought up friends or teachers or whatever else, but sometimes even your spouse can't quite click with what you're trying to explain to them, you know? And so it, it can be really hard on a, um, an entrepreneur. I love it. Um, so I love also that you guys have product-based businesses, but you've come together to create a service-based business. Uh, yes, so yes. You have diversity in your portfolio. Uh -huh. I love that. Um, so, uh, how you help small businesses thrive and, and, and not just survive. Um, I saw on your website, you have 10 hacks to running your business, um, mm -hmm. a product by business. Can you share some of these hacks that, that you guys help teach and implement? Can you give just a couple of them? Sure. I think business-wise, fundamentally, um, every business owner should know their numbers. That's one of the things, right? A lot of times, small business owners, they, they kind of graze over them and they don't understand cost of goods or they don't understand even inventory, like what you have on your shelf is what you're supposed to be selling and what that looks like. And so they avoid numbers, but but the first step of it is kind of an awareness. So where do you take that first next step? Well, we kind of recap everything. Where were you? So we know where you can go, right? And so we help them through that. One hack is let's figure out your um, average cart value, which means how much are people buying in your store? And let's increase that. So how can we increase that? A lot of times, small business owners will overlook the fact that they are um, giving free shipping, for example, and they kind of go through day to day and they don't remember to lift up their shipping threshold. So if their average cart value is $35 
and they want to lift that up, but they they want to also still offer free shipping, they should nudge it up a little bit. Free shipping at $50. Because most people, and this is you know backed by statistics, 80% of people will add to their cart before they will pay for the shipping because they want to make sure they get the free shipping. Even if you add it up, even if it's $5 more, like they add stickers or whatever else it is, then that's still a difference of $5 that you're making per cart, per you know order. And it just helps you um, bring that average up. So little things like that, that as a business owner, or usually as a solopreneur, you're not thinking about all these little details of the holes in the boat is what we call them. And then most of them are focused on scaling. So no matter how fast you go in scaling and going fast in your boat, if you're slowly sinking and you don't have your holes plugged, it's going to be really hard to grow to the to the um, speed that you want to. Sure. So do you? So you are primarily on Amazon, mm-hmm. and your business partner is is she on Amazon? And then also she actually do doesn't guys- have that product based business anymore. Um, so when she, when we met, she was liquidating and then she liquidated and then, but she always, one of the reasons why she liquidated during that time also was that she had a consulting business. So designer consulting co-op, she, she is basically, um, uh, a high level consultant. So, um, taking a fashion brand and all the way from startup to production to, um, selling, you know, so basically she has a a roster of VIP, um, clients. So she always had that and that actually ended up doing really well. So she was put into the position basically of which one do I keep? Well, the product based one, because she had to move across the country was the one that was easier to liquidate because the other business was doing so well. So she still has that. She's worked with thousands of startups, fashion brands, celebrity brands, so many different ones, but they're all product-based. So she uses that expertise to help with the product boss now. I use my expertise to help with the product boss now. And we're we're kind of like a, we cover all ground is what I like to say, two halves of a brain because we're opposite personality. <laughs> we make one full human. And so um, it really helps to kind of see the gaps for everybody. So are you the business numbers uh, or are you the creative? Like which one are you? I think, you know, I think it's, um, I don't want people to think that creatives are not problem solving because that's one of the things that we meet when we have that that um, maker, let's pretend. And they're like, oh, I just don't know numbers or I just am not good at systems or, oh, I'm just so disorganized, but I'm a, the creative. But they're actually super creative because they built a business. They built a business. They're super scrappy. They're super resourceful. And now they just need to figure out how they're going to grow it. And it's just a different form of creative problem solving. I would say naturally I am. um, When I create a uh, creative problem solve, I naturally will break things down and Jacqueline will naturally go bigger. So um, I don't know if you know the Colby test. Do you? I do. Okay. So she's a quick start and I'm a follow through. It's very similar, right? Um, The Colby actually is an assessment that you can take that shows how you initiate problem solving. And so it actually doesn't change from childhood. It's something like a 30 year, you know, every 30 years it might change. But from childhood, normally you'll, you'll solve a problem, but you'll initiate that problem in specific ways. It's either the follow through, which is like the, the processes, you'll think about the process and then the end process as well, or the quick start, 
and there's also researcher and um, where you get stuck in uh, fact finding, you know, that's the fact finder and there's impl- uh, implementation, I think it's called. And that's the one that needs to know how the machine works. So if you have a husband that has to take apart a toaster and put it back together, he is very heavy in implementation. So those are just some examples of um, as far as if I had to bucket one of us into creative, creative, because I actually have four sisters. I've always found myself to be the most creative one compared to Jacqueline. I think we just are creative in different ways. Sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would I would agree with that. And creativity comes out in different ways. And I don't Mm -hmm. I think so. Jenny um, is who I started Start Planner with, and Mm -hmm. she is the more creative. She is Uh the, 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 the process, the slow starter. I'm the quick thinker. Um, uh-huh. I love the numbers, the finance, all the details. Um, and she's like the bigger picture, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, so I'm always interested to see those dynamics and, and I know it's if, fun. It is fun. And if you're listening to this and you, you are, I think the biggest gift you can give yourself is self-awareness. Um, yes. figuring out who you are, where, where you thrive, actually where you're not doing so well and you maybe don't even see it. It's those things that, um, like we can't see, like you said, we can't, we don't have the ability to see ourselves and we kind of bottleneck ourselves and we can't see a bigger picture. Um, and that's why I think something like this, like having a community is just so essential and important, but that's the biggest gift is that self-awareness. Because if you're a solo entrepreneur and you know who you are, you could put resources in place to help push you along, you know, making sure, you know, you're self-aware. And I think that that's a life skill, right? It's not just a a business skill. It's a life skill. If we are aware of what our strengths are and our weaknesses are, or where we're even doing stuff too much and excess and and all those different things, it's all balance and moderation and finding those, those mixes. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And zones of genius. I think it's easy. Some things come naturally for some people and other things are more of a challenge. So you getting to work in your zone of genius, I think is, crucial in um, finding the support you need, right? So oftentimes we'll see people and they'll be like, I need to find a business partner that, you know, does this. But really it's like what you said, you just need to find the right people to support you, the support structure, whether it's, you know, friends or people you hire or whatever it is, there will be, um, this might be helpful. We teach out of stabilize and scale, two buckets, right? Stabilize or scale. This is you as an entrepreneur. You're either stabilizing or scaling, whichever one it is, because no matter how fast you grow, you'll always have to stabilize, right? And then however stabilized you are, you're actually going to want to scale. So um, if you're a solopreneur, you have to pick from one of those. So if you're hiring, for example, you might pick a someone who helps you manufacture, like a maker might hire another maker or a customer service person or a... Um, a shipping helper that's stabilizing, but they might hire influencers or um, sales reps or whatever it is that's scaling, right? So that's you as the boss of your business making the decision on which focus you're going to be in, which lane and hiring around that in in a support way. I love that. I love that. We are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, Start Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. 
align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. I'm curious, um, (laughs) this pandemic that we've all listened to, or lived through, not listened to, we've listened to it too. Um, (laughs) how, how have you seen such a massive effect? I mean, it's affects small. I know from my own small business, it's a, it it massively affected, um, our small base, you know, small base business. It, I think there was some niche industries that it skyrocketed, right? People couldn't, had supply problems. They couldn't keep stuff in stock and, um, online. and, And then other ones are severely suffering, especially like stores that are, um, you know, small products. Are you only doing online store support or are you are you also doing product store support as well? Um, pro- everything. If you have a physical product-based business, we're here to support you. And we actually founded a shop one in five pledge that came from the pandemic really of um, making a commitment for shopping one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So if you're even out in your day, it could, might be like Target, Walgreens, and then small coffee shop, buy your Mother's Day gift from a small business online, you know, whatever that is. So you kind of kind of work that into your lifestyle, but really thinking about, okay, I have five purchases a day or a week, and one of them needs to be from a small business because small businesses will really determine how the economy is going to shake out, right? That's why they're known as the backbone of the economy. It's because they're unparalleled when it comes to hiring and um, contributing back into their communities. So it's something like 44% of hiring is done through small businesses, which is crazy, right? That's why when you see government um, stimulus things happen, they start with small business. And um, as well as the contributing to a local economy, it's kind of like a domino effect, right? Local goes to national, goes to global. It all starts with a small business because the small business will contribute more locally than an average person, right? So it really is about thinking about that. But we really saw our small businesses thrive as far as the ones that kept selling. So there were people that were very scared. Actually, everybody was scared. We did not know what was going to happen. There were some people that stayed stuck in their fear. And there was other ones. When Jacqueline and I went, we encourage everybody every single day to keep selling. You have to keep selling. You're a small business. You have to keep selling. There were some people who felt guilty about that or weren't sure if they should start uh, keep selling. And when they did, they found that all they had to do was keep pivoting. But it yep. was very hard in that time because even we saw restaurants that put together kits of, you know, butter. I remember one was like butter, toilet paper, and a whole meal kit of Italian um, dinner. And then people were buying it because of the experience they missed outside the house. Also, we saw an uptick in housewares and pottery even because people were inside their houses all the time. They wanted beautiful things to surround them right? We also saw an uptick in beauty and self-care. So I know it feels like there's only certain industries, but the thing that we saw really thrive for small businesses were the ones that connected the dots for their customer. Yep. So if you assume they don't need you, then they don't need you. But if you connect the dots for them and that you say, hey, I actually have these kids items and you could use these to help homeschool your kids or you can use these since your kids are all day at home with you, then it connects the dots for them. You know, 
Also, um, I have this jewelry. Jewelry actually was, you know, we saw a bunch of people who uh, did just fine with jewelry where they initially said people don't need jewelry right now. Is that true though? Right? So the people that were um, taking their raw goods and were packaging them as kits and offering an extra experience and we're like, hey, let's make this necklace together. We saw that happen. We also saw upper dressing happen. Zoom calls where you're putting on jewelry and you're getting to feel fancied up, but only the top up because Zoom only, you know, you don't need <laughs> so You don't need the bottom. Yeah. And it becomes relevant. It matters to your customer then because you're helping them connect to the dots of why it matters. And I think that that's what the difference maker was with the ones that took action imperfectly, connected the dots for their customer, kept showing up even when they were scared. And so I love, it. Mm-hmm. I love that you just said imperfectly kept showing up even yeah. when they're scared. I mean, yeah, I mean, even for us, this podcast right here that you're listening to is a result from pivoting last year, realizing this is something that people needed and people needed this infor- information. They needed this inspiration. It's been, honestly, it was been, it's been a passion of mine, but it's been such a gift to be able to yeah. interview all these different people and their passion. And, um, so this is a perfect product of pivoting. And I think that that's the thing that people struggle the most with, not only in business, but in life. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's that change. People struggle yeah. with change. They, it's hard to evolve, but the, 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 the reality is we're all evolving every yeah. single day and change is something that's necessary. Um, so constantly looking to evolve and pivot and, you know, figure out where you can dial in those workflows or, you know, up, up, change up your selling standpoint or like you said, connecting those dots, I think this is super yeah. powerful. But I bet you, I mean, let me ask you a question, right? Because you were changing there during that time. All of us were. We unprecedented for a million things last year, I feel like. Um, yeah. I would say, wouldn't you, let me ask you, are your listeners or your customers more bonded to you now that you showed up during this time than they were before in an average year? Um, yes, uh, right. I would absolutely say, um, I, to, to layer that in, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I went through a divorce, you mm-hmm. know, probably two and a half years ago. And I kind of, I was honest about the, the struggle the change as far as that. So that authenticity, um, kind of got layered in as far as that and being open with portions of my life and my struggles. And cause I think that we're, we're all just here on our own journeys and whether yeah. it be, we're talking about product struggle or life struggles or whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm really just feel like I'm here and I've had a ton of life experience. Um, but I'm like really just a vessel to try to teach and, and inspire and, and connect some dots for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by being vulnerable and authentic, it is allowed for a much stronger connection and a, and a much, uh, bigger community, because I think that what we all really want is just to be felt like we, we belong. Yes. And so I, you know what I'm saying? And I think in, in all of our unnormalness, when someone talks about that and shares about that, and it's just authentic and talks about life is hard and struggling is hard, but here's some things like my big thing is finance. Like I'm really good. Like I like teaching people their numbers from a Uh home perspective. And I'm really passionate about empowering women and other people to have financial, like uh, freedom and just knowing their numbers. And, um, I think that just being open and honest about that and in our product and in our business, um, has really actually taken a community and, and like 
made it a tighter community, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. It absolutely does. Because, you know, when you go through really hard things, obviously I have a background in psychology. Um, you know, when you go through really hard things, the people that you show that show up for you, like you remember, oh, that person called me to see how my, my boutique was doing. I remember that person reached out to me and showed up every day, even though she was, you know, crazy hair and, you know, whatever, right? Showing up. You just remember when you're going through big changes, scary changes, you become bonded to the people that show up with you. It's like holding each other hand in hand, right? Yep. And so it makes it a really, it was a gift in 2020 in the way that we, you got this opportunity to seek connection with your community. And, and we saw it that the consumers, our customers, they wanted real and vulnerable, just like what you said, right? Now Instagram has completely evolved and, you know, it used to be the highlight reel that was really what stopped people. Now it's the, the genuine uh, vulnerability and the connection and feeling like there's a dialogue versus a monologue now. Yep. And so now it's shifting small businesses and how they operated also gave us a grace to show up as we are because we even saw, you know, celebrities getting their kids all over them. And it was kind of a fun way to look behind the scenes of people having to be in their household with their spouse in the household, their kids in the household. I mean, their dogs. <laughs> Just survival, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, um, it was a, it was a year for that, for connecting and really bonding with their customer. I'm curious, um, where do you think is? This is the last question I'll ask you. Amazon, um, mm -hmm. obviously, it's going nowhere. I mean, we've seen the numbers. Uh -huh. uh, if anything, during this pandemic, you know how they've grown and amplitude. Uh -huh. What is your opinion on companies that are not on Amazon? Are you saying, why are you not on Amazon as a small-based business? Um, I, don't or think, um, I think you have to be in the right stage to be on Amazon. Um, and you also have to know if your customers are there. So what type of customer is not – it's probably not the high-level bride, for example, right? But I do think eventually – if people are seeking out your brand on Amazon, you're going to have to show up on Amazon. So if you're a small business and you have a following and people want to get it in two days, then Amazon is simply your partner. There's so many small businesses on there. Um, oftentimes when people are like, I need this in two days, I'm just a solopreneur, you know, but um, if, if they're in Pennsylvania, it's hard because I'm in Iowa. Pretend I'm in one coast and I went the other coast to get to them. I can usually get to them in a certain amount of time. But if it's somewhere that's far away and they can't get it for two weeks, why wouldn't you send them to Amazon, right? Because you're helping to solve their problem and they're probably seeking you out on there anyways, right? Because they need the convenience of the one to two day because there's 14 warehouses. You really have to think of them as a partner. Um, Amazon also is really striving to be customer first, but also brand uh, focus now. So meaning they want to meet the customer's needs, but they want to do it through showcasing brands now. Whereas before it was kind of like a hodgepodge of you sell, you could be from China, whatever it is. Now they're building these enhanced brand content where you can build out a page, you have storefronts, you can actually be a very um, front-facing small business and be on Amazon. And, and just remember, that's just a distribution channel right? You still could have your website. You could still have, um, you know, local boutiques and doing wholesale. You could still be having, you know, email marketing, all those things. It's just a piece of the puzzle. 
So, um, and a way for you to be able to solve problems. And also, you may never get eyes the way that Amazon, well, you will never get eyes <laughs> the way that Amazon does. So there's a visibility play in there, not just sales. And so you get these eyes that you would never have gotten had they not been introduced to your brand on Amazon. But again, don't go there if you're not ready for it. We teach how to get onto Amazon and um, multi-stream machine. But also if your customer is not there, then you might not need to be on there quite yet. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much for this. Can you let everyone know where they can find you guys? Are you guys on Instagram? We are. Your website, all of that good stuff. Can you let me know? We're always on Instagram. It's at the product boss. We love chatting on there. We also have um, shop one and five pledge, like I had uh, mentioned before, which is, I didn't mention this, but we have a directory of shops that you can go to from shop one and five. So that's at shop the number one and five the number five that's on instagram as well as www.shop1and5.com so if you're a small business check that out it's small businesses supporting small businesses and then um at theproductboss.com is our uh, other website Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for being here and inspiring us with this information. If you guys are an entrepreneur, check out this amazing resource that can be a invaluable tool for you and your business. If you're looking for um, a way to level up your game and, and making sure you have the right support system. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, you guys, we will be back next week with another guest. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.